so many artists out in the world are crypto curious, NFT curious, but just overwhelmed in terms of where do I actually start to enter this world? And there's this huge, not even technology gap, but just the knowledge gap of I'm interested, but I really don't know where to begin. Hey, welcome to Airdrop, the show that'll help you understand what NFTs are, how they work, how to use them, and all that good stuff. I'm Rallyon, and I'm here with my buddy Phosphorus, and by the time we're done with you, you're going to be calling yourself a founder and saying stuff like, oh, we're building right now. We're just, we're just in building mode right now. Today, we're talking to Ileana and Mitchell from The Mentory. The Mentory is a 30-day NFT accelerator program hosted by the Stacks Foundation. The Mentory was designed for artists, nonprofits, and anybody who wants to use this new NFT technology in any way. The goal is by the end of their four-week program, you'll know everything you need to know in order to launch a killer NFT project. And I really liked one thing that he said, which was share often and share early, which was something I really needed to hear because that's scary for me. I don't want to post my process, like my works in progress. Like I want people to see the perfect finished art piece that I make. It's terrifying for me to just like post something that's halfway done, which is why Phosphorus is currently polluting the internet with his stupid cat posters. Not stupid. They're brilliant. No. Okay. You were talking on the teaser about how this whole show is based on if you can't explain something simply, you don't understand it well enough. That Einstein quote that I made a stupid joke about me seeing that quote on a cat poster. So I decided to make those cat posters and pollute the internet with them till you get off your butt and start posting your works in progress. Right. The joke was bad enough. And then the cat posters somehow beat the the joke in terms of awfulness, but uh, it's fine. I, it's the it's the push I need to like actually post stuff. It's fine. So if you want to see these cute cat posters as Rallyon continues to sit on his hands and not do anything, make sure you follow us on Twitter at the Airdrop Show. Wow, just gonna put me on blast like that. Okay. I also like that the Mintry is chain agnostic, which means they only care really about how people can learn how to use this technology, which means right. you can use this the learning platform to go on Ethereum or Solana or Stacks. Right. But Mitchell from the Mentory did have some very compelling arguments, things that I had never heard before on why you should choose Stacks as your blockchain of preference and not some of these other chains, which I found very interesting. In today's episode, we're going to be diving into what the Mentory is, how it works, uh, some of the projects that they have coming up that are really really cool, by the way, and how building a project that aligns with your values helps you build a really solid community. And a whole lot more. So make sure to follow Airdrop on Twitter at Airdrop Show and follow along on YouTube and Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And hey, share this episode with somebody you know who is curious about NFTs and just needs that little extra push to get involved. And also stick around till the end because we have a special announcement for y'all. And with that said, let's drop in. Hey guys, how's it going? Great. Good to be here. Great to be here. Today we got Mitchell and Ileana. Can you introduce yourself real quick for us? So hi, nice to meet you all. I'm Ileana. I'm uh, the NFT resident at Stacks. 
So working closely with Mitchell on trying to help bring creators to sex and just essentially helping build a better world for creators in general. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm the head of growth at the Stacks Foundation. Stacks Foundation works really hard to bring artists, builders, and so forth into Web3, obviously through the Stacks blockchain and efforts like what we're going to talk about today with the Mintry. But anything and everything we can do to empower people that are beginning to explore this world is, is what we focus on. Awesome. Yeah, just the introduction of getting people into Web3, I already feel is a monumental task. So props to y'all for trying. I think it's really cool. (laughs) We actually trained somebody how to use Zoom so that they could then take our NFT program. So we'll start wherever folks are ready. It's a lot of fun. (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. That's incredible. Okay, so we'd like to start the show off and we're going to ask you, Mitchell, you can start first. Can you explain what an NFT is in the most simple language possible? Yeah, it depends a little bit on the audience. But what I'll give you first is digital collectible. I think that's like the easiest starting place for folks that are brand new to all of it. And then when you're ready to go a little bit further, I would say it's a digital collectible. But also, it's really about provable ownership. So it is really just a record to show you own something digital. And the implications of that are up to your imagination. NFTs and PFPs being sort of the most like widely mainstream use of this provable ownership over art and music and other things. But that's really it. If you can understand what a collectible is, I think you can understand why NFTs are appealing. Wow, that was really concise. I know you've explained this to a lot of people because that was really good. You had it at the drop of a hat. Just like, boom, here it is. (laughs) Uh, I'm glad I could help. (laughs) Ileana, do you have anything to add to that? I mean, very similar. So I kind of put it the same. It's a unique digital code. And that unique code represents some form of digital item. So a song from your favorite musician or a digital piece of art. And then on top of that, you can use it for utility, right? So you can see this digital code, which is also an NFT, as a token or a voucher that can give you something in the real world as well. So it could be that piece of art for your wall, or it could also be an experience to your favorite artist. So basically, what NFTs are, they're taking everything we have in the physical and just onloading it onto a digital mainframe. Is that accurate? I wouldn't say necessarily, because... An NFT doesn't require an in-world mirror or representation of something in the real world. It's generally actually the opposite. It's fully uh, a digital item that you own. And it's really just about the link between the ownership of said piece of data and your ownership of it on the blockchain. That's really all it is. But what Ileana was mentioning is that because you have this provable ownership, you could do all kinds of fun, interesting things where you do tie it back into the real world. And I think... It's timely that she mentions it because we're seeing a lot more of that, where owning X, Y, or Z NFT gets you access to X, Y, or Z real world thing, or you can redeem it for X, Y, Z real world item. We talked to a lot of our folks in the Mintry program about layering in utility to their NFTs so that there's something beyond just the artwork or just the provable ownership piece that that actually has benefits to it. That ownership actually gets you things. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. Speaking of, can you give us the backstory? You know, what is the Mintery and how did you get involved? How did you get to where you're at now with this whole thing and how does it work? The Mintery was born really not long ago, actually. In December, I had been just kind of fixated on this idea that a lot of the artists in my life, I'm really passionate about music personally. And 
I had been connecting with them through their own NFT projects and just really keeping a pulse on things. And it struck me that, you know, in hindsight, this is obvious, but so many artists out in the world are crypto curious, NFT curious, but just overwhelmed in terms of where do I actually start to enter this world? And there's this huge, not even technology gap, but just the knowledge gap of I'm interested, but I really don't know where to begin. And so in my role at the Sachs Foundation, my job is basically to figure out how to help people enter this world and, and of course, enter into Stacks as they do so. And so I hypothesized that a, a program where we taught people sort of from zero up in, through all the skills that they would need to create a successful NFT collection and then also help them with the actual technology and mint portion could be really valuable. And so I started like workshopping this idea and, you know, I put a little application up and got a lot of interest. So we decided to build out the program. Ileana and I worked together to kind of bring in best of the best mentors from, we've had folks from OpenSea, from top-notch folks from throughout the world of, of NFTs to kind of basically give this cohort of people a very wide-ranging set of perspectives on what it takes to build a successful project. So they can kind of pick and choose what makes sense to incorporate into their own projects. And by the end of this like four-week program, which we call the Mintery, the idea is that they can go from wherever they started to having all the skills necessary to actually go put this collection out into the wild. That sounds incredible. So in only four weeks, go over all the fundamentals, bring in the experts, <laughs> take you from zero to 100. <laughs> yep. What's the first step? Give me step number one. How do we get there? Sure, sure. No, and not only that, we actually gave these folks funding. So they had capital to work on their ideas. So we basically borrowed a big page out of an accelerator model and said, hey, like, we're going to take you and your ideas, we're going to invest in you, we're going to teach you, and then we're going to help you mint. Very easy to get started. The first cohort is already running. And so we're, there's a waitlist open on mintry.co if you're interested. We haven't put a date yet for when we're running the next cohort. But I will say, uh, if you get in touch with us and say you were listening to this show, we would happily give you access to a lot of the recorded material and other resources that we've created for Mintry cohort number one. We just, we're really here to help artists and it's a little rudimentary. We're still going to try to build that out into a more succinct and like self-guided course. But yeah, Mintry.co is the answer there on, in terms of how to get started. Awesome. Okay. So Ileana, do you want to go over like this, this is a four-week process. What do you go over on each week? Can we start from like week one and go all the way down? Yeah, of course. Feel free to jump in as well, Mitchell, if I forget something, because it's been an intense four weeks. It's been super exciting. And, and as Mitchell said, we've had so many different mentors. And to, to like add on to that, we've had like Vayner Media, we've had Rally, we've had OKCoin, we've had so many different projects and also kind of blockchains as well that have helped us shape this. So week one is the fundamentals, making sure everyone knows how to log into Zoom, but also kind of walking through like what the blockchain is, introduction to Web3, NFTs in general, and the different types of NFTs. And as we touched on earlier, kind of what you can actually do with them. So like the use cases as well. And then, yeah, just kind of like a background overview so that when people then got into week two and really wanted to start kind of understanding what their project should be or what their collection would look like, they have really everything there to inspire because we really wanted to make sure that people knew that there's so many different types of ways to do this and kind of 
create that long-term project. So in week two, then we dived into purpose, values, storytelling, and and also very importantly, utilities. And, And then that kind of brings us into the whole community aspect, but kind of really creating this purposeful project. And then we got into a little bit of the nitty gritty in week three, technology kind of rollout plan. What does that look like? What is the roadmap? like and then we finished it off with marketing PR so you might have your collection sorted but what does it look like to price it where are you going to post it how are you going to hype your community for it once it's minted how do you know if it's going to sell out and what do you do in order to make that happen so it's been a very kind of concise but heavy four weeks and now I believe the artists they kind of now have their heads down and are a little bit thankful that they have some time to create now after all the sessions. Wow okay I could dive into all of these topics but I don't think anybody has the time for that at the moment. Obviously you can go to the mentory.co and ask these two lovely people for more information but what other projects have you really seen come to you guys that were, let's say, different and not a normal NFT project? Yeah, quite a few. So something that we didn't share actually was that one of the underlying principles with the Mintry program was specifically to take projects that we thought were doing things a little bit differently. And in the application process, we actually gave bonus points for projects that were working on things related to a social good versus sort of taking your typical PFP projects or proven models that we think, oh yeah, of course this will sell well. We actually optimize for the opposite. We optimize for picking people like, hey, we're we're not actually entirely sure yet how we're going to work NFTs into what you're trying to accomplish, but we'll guide you in figuring that out. And if it's organic to your project, then of course, you know, we're here to help you. So I'll give an example. This is one of my more dear to my heart ones. Uh, they're all kind of like my favorite children, but just to illustrate my example on social good, there's a project called Big Tree NFTs, and what they're doing is pretty interesting. So they're working with indigenous population. The gentleman running the program, he works in the forestry service in British Columbia. And what happened was there was legislation passed to protect this large you know, plot of old growth forest, uh, which is great on the surface, right? Like we want to be protecting our old growth forest. No one really argues that. But what happens is there are all these like secondary impacts to the economy and they disproportionately impact indigenous populations in those areas where a lot of that industry was happening. A lot of the people that are living there were employed by these companies and so this force can no longer be uh, part of industry. And so his project is sort of tapping right into this. He's fractionalizing all of the trees that are in this area and then tying a piece of artwork, which is the NFT, to that ownership of the tree itself. And so as a person, you can come along and support this cause by just buying like a really cool piece of indigenous artwork. And then what happens is all that money goes into a fund to help reskill people in the area that were affected by the economic changes of these protected forests. And so you get this really complete loop of, well, we want to do good. We all agree we want to protect our trees, but now how do we deal with the secondary and like tertiary consequences of that change? And so he's putting all that money to work uh, for anyone who buys you know, into the collection, you're basically helping these people figure out a, a new path forward. Ilion, I'd love for you to maybe talk about the tattoo project or some of the others that are quite a bit different. Yeah, for sure. So I think kind of two that would be good examples as to completely out there and different to what we're seeing now. A super well-known artist in the real world that has two years wait 
people in his community wanting to get tattoos. And he essentially came in like, okay, what can I do? And we've been working. And and as we said at the beginning, we had absolutely no clue, right? What can we do with this? Do we go down the simple route as, okay, you can use NFTs to, you know, ticket the actual tattoos or you can jump the queue. But we thought, and, and he thought like, what if we can change the space, right? So what if you can give your PFPs or your NFTs an accessory? So that could be getting a match into with, with your PFP. It could be, you know, a handbag for another project. But we haven't got this ability to actually personalize these digital assets in the real world. You know, this is kind of how we identify ourselves. So why not bring that into this space as well? So he's currently working on, in, in the short term, is creating tattoos for specific PFPs now. But long term, he really wants to be able to create a tool or to create a protocol that will allow that for different kind of areas on all different blockchains as well. And then a complete different approach is we have a psychotherapist. And essentially what he aims to do is change and protect people within the tech space, right? So when we look at Web2, we could never see beforehand kind of the different issues that were going to be, you know, we have anxiety because we see these people with perfect lives or, you know, people get bullied online. This is something that we went, when we walked into the space, we had no idea what the consequences were going to be for our actions. But now when we move into Web3, he thinks it's very important and I believe a lot of people that we need to protect ourselves and we need to kind of have this conversation. So he actually started off on thinking like, okay, let's create an NFT that will unlock a one-to-one session, but why not think bigger? And then he's now working on a DAO that part of that community will, of course, help shape uh, the Web3 and, and help shape. And of course, you can have different kind of conversations or you can be part of the change, decide as to where that money goes and then how you can help moving forward as well. So I think there's some really different and unique concepts. That's amazing. I love that you're not taking the easy route. You're saying, okay, yeah, we could do a, a bunch of PFP projects and make them real successful. And because we're helping them, we'll get a percentage and we'll make a bunch of money. And the, like, that's the easiest, most lucrative way of doing this. But you're like, no, where's the problem? Where are the people that need the help truly the most that are doing something that's interesting and new and awesome? And how can we partner with them to make their thing work? That's incredible. Thank you. I think our our measure of success was, would we see a collection do something that's not been done before rather than anything associated with like sales volume? Right. Uh, I I do think that's a little bit different in the NFT space, but it was really exciting for us. There's other projects too. I don't want to leave anyone out, but we can't, we can't cover them all, but there's, (laughs) there's folks that are working with AI. There's folks that are doing like these two part collections. We've got a couple of musicians that are doing really interesting, like proof of attendance type you know, integrated models into their NFTs. And so, yeah, I'm excited for you guys to see them kind of come out over the next several months. Okay, so how many people did you take in this first round? We took 15 projects. Awesome. And is there a demo day coming up? Like, how can we see all of these projects and how they're releasing? So glad you asked. So everyone should go to bitcoinunleashed.org. Bitcoin Unleashed is a Bitcoin event, but kind of centered around folks who are building on Bitcoin, which happens to obviously be a lot of Stacks folks. But the Mintery will have both a demo there for the folks. So they'll be pitching like the three minute version of their project and sharing the work that they have thus far. And there'll also be a gallery on site so folks can come through and see you know, where some folks are further along than others, so have more or less artwork to show. But for everyone that's got something visual, well, they'll be featured in the gallery alongside some other Stacks artists. But otherwise, I would say stay tuned to the Stacks Twitter. We're going to be promoting, obviously, all of the mints as they happen. They'll be on the Stacks ecosystem calendars and 
and so forth. You won't be able to miss them, I promise. That's awesome. And we're going to be there. So I'm excited to go check all of that stuff out. That's going to be really fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you're like just getting into the space, I feel like the, you know, I'm a little biased, of course, but the Stacks community is really friendly. If you're a noob that's listening to this show and you feel like you'd like a soft landing or like a nice group of people to kind of show you the ropes and not be judgy and make you feel welcome. Bitcoin Unleashed is a great place where we're welcoming all different experience levels and types of folks and anyone who's building on Bitcoin in any way, even if that's not necessarily through Stacks. Like We love that too. We like giving back to Bitcoin Core. We like being part of Bitcoin culture. And so if you're looking for that excuse to kind of jump in and have an inroad and make like a real human connection, I, I can't recommend the event enough. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about that a little bit. What is it about, you know, building on Bitcoin and doing NFT projects on Bitcoin that's so exciting and different to you? Obviously, you're invested, right? You're a part of the Stacks Foundation. You're you're doing all this stuff. What about specifically gets you like pumped? I think what might be the most useful answer is like why folks have been telling us that they've come into Bitcoin NFTs. So it's less of like my bias and more just what we're hearing. And typically, like what it comes down to is for a lot of folks is just accessibility. So if you've ever engaged with an NFT on Ethereum and some of the other networks, like you can you know quickly find yourself priced out of a collection be- just because of the gas fees. And so for one of the musicians in our program, this came up immediately. Is on our first call, he was like, "How much is gas fees?" And I'm like, "Wow, I didn't know you were going to even have the knowledge to ask that question." But <laughs> good for you. You've been doing your homework, <laughs> and. I can tell you that it's a big deal for them because I'll just throw this out there. One of my favorite musicians, Grammatic, he put out a collection recently called the Synthopia or Audio Glyphs. I don't don't remember exactly, but you know, it was a two hundred dollar NFT and it comes with a bunch of utilities. So I said, all right, well, I can handle this. And then the gas fee was seventy bucks. And so for me, who's been around in crypto, I was able to kind of make make that work and swing that even though it's very expensive for some other musicians and their audience maybe they're right 15 year olds or 20 year olds or folks you know who are in college don't have any disposable income or have very little of it a collection with a 70 dollars gas fee is immediately going to eliminate like a, a vast majority of your audience and so with stacks you know minting is fractions and fractions of a cent which is uh, a big deal for them so that's one I mean, just cheaper gas fees Another major one, actually, you know, it's funny, this might surprise you, but like actually the environmental aspect. So, you know, Bitcoin typically gets criticized and I don't want to go down that rabbit hole today, but everyone should do their own reading on that topic. I'll just say that. (laughs) Um, It's a big rabbit hole. I'm going to just hop right over it. It's a big rabbit hole. (laughs) And say what's really unique about Stacks is that we actually recycle proof of work that's already been spent to secure Bitcoin. So transactions on Stacks don't have any environmental impact. So it's actually lower than minting on Ethereum because we we risk the mining action of stacks mm. uh, is, is recycling Bitcoin directly into the protocol. So it's whatever has already been spent. There's a really good analogy floating around for this. One of our early NFT marketplaces came up with this and they said, you know, if Bitcoin's digital gold, then stacks is, is essentially like a jeweler. You can make something far more valuable out of that gold. And that's essentially like the way the NFT process works. So you've got this Resource that's already created, you're making it more valuable, and then you're able to put it into the marketplace. So those are two of the big reasons. I'm sure there are more, but I want to pass it to Ileana. Yeah, I mean, echoing what you've just said, and 
kind of work with creators, I'd say like one of my main reasons falling into the Stacks community in general and also bringing creators to Stacks is because of the community. You can really find so many people that are wanting to help you, will answer your questions and will really guide you through it. But also on top of that, I think the marketplaces as well. Uh, I think it's very unique that you can really kind of hop on a call with a, a lot of the marketplaces on Stacks and they're willing to kind of help you. Uh, they have guides and, and they can kind of take you through the whole process as well. And I think that's that's really special. Yeah, we've got marketplaces literally writing smart contracts for our artists just to support them, which you don't you don't see much of yeah. in other places. And the other one I'll add to is that there are some unique aspects of stacks themselves that are, I guess I should say Bitcoin NFTs via stacks. And one is just the security. So when you're storing something that's like potentially extremely valuable, you want it to be in the safest place possible. And I think Bitcoin has proven itself in terms of the robustness of the blockchain and, and the ledger that it's not going anywhere. It's it's the best record keeping vehicle that we have. And so when it comes to spending four, five, ten thousand dollars on an NFT, the fact that it settles the Bitcoin and ownership is proved on the Bitcoin chain gives people a lot of peace of mind. And then the other one is that that mechanism I mentioned earlier where you know, Bitcoin is being recycled in, in the consensus mechanism. It also means that our NFTs have uh, stacking capabilities, which means you can actually create NFTs that generate a yield for the holder if you'd like. So this is something that we're seeing collections start to experiment with more and more, but a really exciting use case for you know, adding more utility to a collection, actually give you an income potentially. Yeah, we found that the Stacks community has been very open and welcoming. And I mean, we entered the space as pretty much complete noobs and people have been very kind to us. And that's very rare on the internet. I was not used to interacting in the internet that was so kind and helpful. And the Stacks community has really, really helped us that in that way. I just use my pseudonymous account when I want to be mean to you. It's all, you know. That <laughs> makes kidding. sense. That's where it is. Okay. It's I'm I'm joking just for the record. I can only handle one Twitter account and I barely do that. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. All right. So you guys were talking a lot about just the community aspect of NFTs in general. Both of you guys have mentioned it. And I think it's a really big thing and how we build community in Web3 and how we foster community and how we bring people into the space. And you guys have m multiple projects who probably have either who are building communities from scratch or have communities already. Can you guys go over the basics of what the Mentory says about community building in Web3? It's a very interesting question, and I think it's one that brings a lot of fear to a lot of people, and there's definitely a lot of ways uh, to answer it. What we kind of focus on is like the first step to building a community is understanding or defining a clear purpose and values, right? So you want to make sure that you're starting off clearly to attract the right kind of people. Um, so that would be my advice. And then something that I'm kind of stealing a bit from Drew, one of the um, the mentors that came in was kind of like these three areas. So it's art, social, and utility. So of course, people want to join to participate because of the, the art, right? They love the art, they love the artist, but also there is this social element to it. So the community itself needs to be attractive for people to want to be part of the community or want to uh, join your project. So kind of how do you define yourself or what kind of people do you want to bring? And that, of course, then comes back to your values. 
And then, of course, utility. There's there's loads of different ways with utility. So it could just be the art itself. Uh, it's beautiful art and you love the artist. That's the utility. But also what values, like what is your purpose and, and how can you bring this to your community through the utility of your NFT? And then I guess kind of like to wrap it up, from my side is, of course, and making sure that you're promoting it using the right tools. Of course, we hear Twitter and Discord, the two biggest platforms when it comes to NFTs. So I guess definitely like understanding how to use this or if not, because of course, a lot of artists also want to be artists. It's finding somebody that can help you with this, whether it's, you know, finding a community manager, whether that's a paid uh, community manager or somebody that believes in your work and is uh, happy to trade their time uh, for some of your art pieces, but also kind of tapping out into the larger picture. I think that's something that I personally learned through the, the cohort myself. We focus so much on on Twitter and Discord, but then actually there's a lot of other platforms that can bring value depending on who the audience is that you want to attract. And kind of something that I think is super cool is as an artist, he's a musician called Tobias Dre and he uses, I don't know if you know it, Omegle. Yeah. I'm not sure if anyone has this these days. Back in the day, it was, it's like a, a you know what I'm on about? You go on and you chat with random people online and you show your face, but actually he built his whole Discord community through just going on there, sitting, playing music, chatting to people, uh, and finding real connections, and then bringing them over to Discord, where they could then build uh, and become part of the community, and and then, of course, as an NFT drop. No, I think you nailed it. I think what we've harped on a number of times is just that the community you build needs to be organic to the project and to your goals. And if you find yourself killing anyone, you're doing it wrong. Um, it's about finding places where like value aligned people are kind mm-hmm. of living and, and breathing and giving them the opportunity to see your project and see the benefits of your project and see if they, they want to be a bigger part of it. And the way that we've done this too is we've tried to just give people lots of different versions and different perspectives on community building because everyone does it differently and sort of the strategy that you take emerges as you work on your project. So what's right for someone isn't going to be right for someone else. As much as I wish it were true, there's no template that I can give people on community building. But by exposing you to a number of different ways of how others have done it, you can sort of bit by bit pick and choose and, and put your own strategy together. We've also created, you know, worksheets and there are some fundamental things that apply across that are that are fairly universal. But first and foremost is just finding out where those people are and letting them know that you're working on something. That's that's the other big tip that we've been giving people is like share early and share often. Because a lot of times there's this penchant to want to get things perfected before you put it out there in front of somebody. But if you actually allow the community to feel like they're part of the creation process and give you feedback along the way, the level to which they'll ride for you is in, is incredible. It's a, it's you unlock a whole another level of engagement and it's really cool to see. So just even if you're not proud of your first versions of things, like start start a Discord, start getting it out there and like let people respond to it. They'll teach you a lot about where to take the collection and make sure you don't get stuck as well. Well, y'all were talking like the idea of knowing your purpose and your values first, knowing what kind of people you want to bring in. Forming a community organically by just bringing them together 
and sharing early and sharing often. I think those are all fantastic points that somebody, if you're listening, needs to be writing those down. Yeah, if you're taking notes right now as you listen to this podcast, those are those should be a bulleted list somewhere on your notes. And so I'm going to ask the question, is there an exercise that y'all put the people, the cohort through that kind of defines their values and their purpose? Several, actually. I'll give a plug to that, that I've worked with for years and great author and great guy. And I think his name's Don, but he runs something called StoryBrand. It's an exercise I did a long time ago. The basic idea is that any project, company, you know, NFT project, an insert thing here, has a story that should be closely tied to its brand if you want people to be able to quickly understand it and move forward with it. And the reason being is that the human brain is wired to understand stories. That's how we pass information like through evolution. Storytelling was a major reason why we're all on the planet today. So our brains are actually uniquely adapted to understand a narrative structure. And so StoryBrand leans into that and says, well, great. If humans understand stories really well, in order to get them to understand your brand really well, we need to structure your brand in that same format. And so we give them this worksheet that actually positions your customer as the hero in the story. And you, the brand or the NFT project or whatever, are the guide in their story. And you give them... Um, there's these basically like six story points that move someone toward either a success or a failure outcome. And if your communication, if your Discord, if your Twitter, if you know a specific email you're sending out doesn't fit into one of those like six or seven narrative buckets, it's not moving the story forward and it's really not useful. And so just the act of like trying to tell your story in this very simplified way actually really helps people boil it down to what actually matters here. So that's one. Ileana, I know we did another session on like, well, we did several community building ones. And then the the value session was great too, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, of course. So we had a few different artists essentially coming in. So we had Ayla come in and we talked about how to build your purpose and values and essentially how to bring that back to your community and essentially what that entailed is just setting what really made like sense to you as an artist and supporting people to connect with people so first of all like purpose can be come before or after the art itself and it can also bring power to the art um but also values like these are decisions on, on what you want your work to be whether there's like one value or there's multiple values or you have one collection that kind of has one part of your values and then you decide as you build a community uh, what those values are we also talked about kind of airdrops and the common to give back to supporting the community that share the same values as you. An interesting concept was one of the artists that we had in order to kind of thank the community that kind of were giving and contributing to the values that they shared were a separate collection entirely that um, was just airdropped. You can't purchase this collection. It was just actually a thank you collection. There's only so many made. And then throughout the roadmap or throughout the future, these will be sent to thank you those people that kind of believe in the same things, which we thought was a a pretty cool kind of way of putting it. And then also we discussed about kind of experimenting with your story and the rough draft. So as you create, you can go back and build purpose around the ideas and also kind of collaborating with others that also similarly share those purposes and values. And, And that kind of brings us again back to community. So I'm sorry we're talking about it so much, but we saw that a lot of the time by 
either collaborating with other artists that share these these purposes and values or promoting or just supporting other projects can very much work well to a identify you as an artist and, and kind of grow that community on that front but also kind of solidify what your purpose is as well so there's loads of different ways to, to kind of look at it yeah both of you guys mentioned it it's it's the chicken and the egg thing what what comes first is you put the community first you put the art first you put your purpose first and you know what i there is no direct answer. There's no perfect formula for this. It's all dependent upon each different artist or founder or as you're putting your stuff out. So my next question is, what advice do you have for people who are looking to create an NFT project? That's a very broad question. Let me start with a little preamble to my answer. I think what, what I've been really excited about with NFTs in general is just that it's, it's really just a medium. It's, it's also just like a community building sort of primitive. And so for a lot of folks who maybe decided to pursue non-creative or less creative careers, I've noticed this reawakening in people where they're like, oh, NFTs are like a path for me to be creative. It's like, yeah, it's a paintbrush or it's a, you know, it's Ableton for music or it's this or it's that. And so for a lot of folks who have these other skills, like NFTs are so sort of like broad, I guess that. I've just noticed a bunch of people who like are getting back in touch with their creative roots. And so I guess my advice is just lean into that. If there's an ape kind of project that calls your name and is just like really tickling something in you, just roll with it. Like that's, that's my advice is like, <laughs> don't over worry, you know, too much about where to start. If, if you feel the impulse to be creative, just follow that. And then once you get far enough along, like, you're naturally going to think, okay, right, well, this this has legs and I want to take this farther. And, and then you can find programs like the Mintry or, you know, what I'd recommend is even before that, just connecting with fellow artists or really just joining communities of NFTs that you identify with and seeing what they're doing. It's always nice to learn from each other. You're supporting them as well. And another cool thing we've seen is that by and large, when artists end up making money off their collections, they're actually funneling a lot of that right back into supporting other artists. So it's this really nice growth and giving loop. And so you know, if you're not quite ready or not quite sure where you want to take your collection, just start by exploring others and that'll lead you to good places. I agree with you. There are so many people that are seeing NFTs and it's something is reawakening inside them that create that creative spark is is come back alive and i just i want to tell everybody if you're listening and that's you just lean into that no matter if you make an nft project or not it will make your life better if you just lean into the creativity aspect and just start making friends and follow us on twitter that's an easy way you can get involved <laughs> there it is he turned it around wait so no, enough about us. Where can people find the Mintery? Where can people find both of you? And how can they get involved? Yeah. So, I mean, Ileana and I are both pretty active on Twitter. We would love to hear from you if you're interested in anything we've talked about in the course of like, especially the Mintery stuff. We're assessing exactly where we want to take the program next, what a potential self-guided option looks like, what you know the next cohort might look like, and what type of artists... We might even do like flavored versions for different communities, like be a little bit more specific in the ways that we're helping folks. So really it's all on the table right now. And Ileana is the the mad genius that's like putting all of that together. So get in touch through the website, get in touch with one of us on Twitter and just like express what your NFT needs might be because there's a very real possibility that we might be able to include you or include that in, in future programs. And 
help you out that way. But otherwise, I, like I said, I would just start exploring like the Stacks community, come to an event, jump into some discords, like poke around, see, see what's like, you know, you're vibing with and just go from there, whether that's Stacks or not. Like if everything we teach in the mentory is very like chain agnostic, by the way. So we're, we're very open. We've encouraged folks to do cross-chain collections. So this doesn't have to just be for folks who are interested in Stacks or Bitcoin. Any any artist really is what we center the whole experience around. We see Web3 as like a major opportunity to rewrite some history and correct some wrongs about the way creatives, musicians, so on and so forth are basically treated and, and are able to capture more of the value that they create. And so any way we can fit you into that, uh, we're happy to help. Wow. I mean, this has been incredible. I think this is this conversation is going to be so valuable for anyone who's even just starting to dream about creating a project or doing something in NFTs and Web3. So I just want to thank you both for being on. You bet. I'll, I'm going to plug one more thing for, for Eliana here. Let's go. I would encourage everyone, if you're just in that boat of I'm lost and you don't want to wait for the next cohort and you don't want to do maybe self-guided, get in touch with her. You can email us both at hi at mentory.co. We'll open our calendars to you. Book 15 minutes with one of us and we'll kind of just hear where you're at and are happy to kind of point you in the right direction. Like I said, really regardless of <laughs> stacks or Bitcoin or otherwise, if you want to get started in this world, you're an artist, you're a musician, you're a sculptor, tattoo artist, whatever, jump on the phone for 15 minutes. It's time happily spent on our end and we'll point you in the best way we we think we can. So Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. We're happy to have you here. Thanks for having us. Thank you. All right, it's announcement time. Rawian and I have been talking, and we've decided that we need to hear from you. So much of these conversations have just been one way, and I think it's time to go two-way. And we know we need to start building this community out more. So we started a Discord. We want to hear from you, and we want to have conversations with you so that together we can learn how to use NFTs really well. There's a link below, and it's only going to be open for seven days. So make sure you click the link and join the Airdrop crew. We're so excited to get to know you, to talk with you, and to help each other learn how to use NFTs. Thanks so much for listening to Airdrop. If you want to know more about the Mentory, we've got a whole list of links in the description. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you know what to do. Rate, review, share, follow us here on the podcast app that you're using right now, or on YouTube, Twitter, all that kind of stuff. And remember, if you confuse, you lose, noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business. <laughs> Isn't that from StoryBrand? No, I totally made that up by myself. I'm really smart. Quote Donald Miller. <laughs> <laughs>